We'd like to welcome you to part one of our current event in weekly Bible study for January 25th, 2009. And uh, I had a patient, or uh, not patient, a uh, listener this week let me know regarding a lot of the way the teachings are archived up on the internet on Sermon Audio that there were no numbers or part numbers uh, on the... Um, on the teachings, and I went up this week, and I made sure that was all corrected. So all of the teachings right now have their part numbers, and you can actually identify them uh, off the internet. I wasn't aware this was happening, so I, I appreciate her letting me know that. Uh, today we're going to be kind of continuing what we started last week and in the previous weeks. We're going to be talking about more current events regarding the day and times that we're living in. There's so many breaking current events right now that they're kind of taking precedent over some of the other studies that I might have planned. And we're going to do uh, kind of a combination talk today, talk about Obama, this inauguration a little bit more. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Catholic religion and how it's trying to push uh, the one world religion, homosexuals and the sodomite movement, and several other topics, some of uh, topics that relate to the Muslim Muslims as well. So this first one, just kind of a brief excerpt, and I sent this out this week on the email list. It was entitled, Rick Warren prays to Islamic Esau instead of Jesus Christ during the invocation. And this is from Mark at the Final Countdown on Revelation Radio Network. He's got a very good, um, uh, very good radio broadcast that he does. And uh, he did a really good one recently also on uh, Maitreya, but it was particularly the Maitreya Buddha uh, aspect of it, because remember, when Maitreya comes back, he's claiming to be the fifth Buddha, as well as all the other uh, saviors and that the world's been waiting for in different respective religions. He goes on to say, start this out, and he says, there you have it, Rick Warren's invocation should be viewed by every God-fearing, Bible-loving Christian as a complete slap in the face, not only to two Christians, but to God himself. Aside from his inability to quote scripture accurately... He had the gall to pray in the name of Esau. For those who don't know who Esau is, he is the Islamic non-God version of Jesus, our Lord. Esau, this is and should be seen as an abomination of God. I know I was appalled. I rebuke this uh, Rick Warren. I rebuke him in this invocation. Now, I what I did is I went up and I did a little research on this word Esau. And I went to actually Muslim sources. I didn't. I didn't try to go to some some source that somebody could accuse me of being biased. This was. I wanted to get it straight from the Muslims. Who is Esau? Okay. And I found this uh, on one of their websites, and I I sent this link out. You could check it out for yourself. You could see it was authentically um, researched by the Islamic religion, and it says Jesus in Islam or Esau, as he is known to the Muslims, is one of Allah's greatest prophets who brought the same message as all of God's messengers. Worship the one true God without parameters, with, without partners. Muslims, however, do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, nor God himself. According to Islam, Jesus was simply a man who was born of a miraculous birth to Mary without male intervention. That's all he was. Okay? He wasn't the Son of God. He didn't come to pay our sin debt. He didn't you know, die on the cross the whole nine yards to pay our sin debt. Didn't rise the third day. None of that they believe. So you have to understand, this is a totally different 
quote Jesus that they're talking about. It's a counterfeit Jesus. So Esau is not the same Jesus of the Bible, in other words. What the unholy Quran says about Jesus is, this is in um, Surah verse 157, Surah Nisiah verse 157, it says, quote, They slew him not, this is regarding Jesus, they slew him not, nor did they crucify him, but it was made dubious to them. Now this is very similar to exactly what the Da Vinci Code is saying in this um, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, that one, the, 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 the other book that they've, has come out, all these particular things that they've come out with about Jesus, where they were basically saying he never was crucified. And that, in fact, this is where we get the Merovingian bloodline. He was swept away, whisked off the cross, basically settled up into the uh, northern regions of Europe with Mary Magdalene, married her, had children. From this children produced the Merovingian bloodline. Holy Blood, Holy Grail talks about this, that blasphemous book. The Da Vinci Code. There's another movie called Bloodline. Lost Tomb of Jesus. I've done individual studies on every single one of those that we've just mentioned. So you can do keyword search on the uh, on my homepage on the search box if you would like to know more about that. So this is the this is who the Muslims believe that Jesus is, and and they call him Esau, and that's who Rick Warren. One of the words he used for Jesus in his prayer in his invocation prayer to um, regarding Obama. Going further, this is with uh, Mark's comments here. He says, Then, not only did Obama's oath of office get stuck in his throat, but in his acceptance speech, he called the Muslim world for a new way forward. Now, I'm going to back up just a second. Now, this oath was later retaken, okay, without a Bible present. Now, I did some research last night, and... I found out that this Bible that he used was the 1860 was the Bible that Abraham Lincoln used. It's called the Lincoln Bible in his inauguration in 1861. This and I went up and I actually found a video of this Bible that like the Smithsonian Institute had done where they actually were showing you this thing page by page. So this isn't this could be considered first hand because I actually watched this video and this was like a curator and he had like the white gloves and he was opening it real real gingerly, you know, he was showing the people on YouTube. This was actually an 1853 Oxford, it was printed in 1853. Oxford version of the King James Bible. There was an Oxford versions and there was a Cambridge versions. Okay, this was an Oxford version printed in 1853. King James authorized version. Okay, that's what it was. So he had his hand on a King James Bible um, and this was also called the Lincoln Bible. Now, the second oath that he took is really the only oath that counts, if you think about it. Because he got choked up in the first one when he has hand in the Bible. If that was the Lord, it may have very well been. You know, the, the Lord wasn't going to let him get through that without getting choked up. Well, whether he realized that or not, or whether this was actually by design so that he didn't actually have to take an oath with his hand on the Bible, it's very hard to be dogmatic about that. Okay, But, one thing's for sure. The second oath, which is where he didn't have his hand in the Bible, is the only oath that counts. That's why they had to redo it. Okay, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of bring that up. Just a kind of an interesting point there. 
Um, then he called on Muslims after after he got choked up in his acceptance speech uh, for a quote new way forward. See, there's there's no there's no new way forward to Muslims. They're they're the way the religious system is set up right now. The only option is to slay the infidel. The only option is 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 total eradication of of the Jews, and um, total eradication of the infidels. That is either you convert or you die. That is what the Quran tells fundamental Islam to do. Now I understand there's a lot of people out there saying no, it's all the Zionists, it's all the evil Jew Zionists. Well, okay, yes, there is a sect of the Jews. Uh, the Zionists, the Rothschilds, and the Rockefellers, and these types of people, and they are of the synagogue of Satan, as the Bible talks about. They say they are Jews, but they are really not, is how, is how the word of the Lord refers to them as. And yes, they are very evil as well. Uh, let's try to have some biblical balance. There's so many ministries out there that are, like right now, totally on the side of the Palestinians, on the side of the um, the Islamic and the Muslims. Now, these people are demon-possessed to the toenails. Okay, I'm sorry, but just look at them. Look at them when they go to their rallies and things of this nature, a behead and the placards that they hold up, and the fruit of what we see there. You're telling me they're totally innocent, because that's how it's being portrayed in the mainstream press. And a lot of ministries at this point are jumping on the same bandwagon and saying, oh, what's going on in Gaza is just purely a result of these evil Zionistic Jews and, and, the, and the Israel... I mean, they're acting as though... They haven't had 11,000 rockets launched to the, them at the, in the last eight years, which is a proven fact. There's been 11,000 plus rockets that have come out of Gaza in the last eight years. And you're telling me the, the, is, the uh, Israel has had no right to defend itself? You're buying into the very propaganda that the world media is putting out. Do I think then that everything that the Jews do, they can do no wrong? No, I don't. I never said that either. I'm not going to go to John Hagee route and say, well, we just got to bless them, bless God no matter what they do. And, and, and even though, you know, they're, the Zionistic government or whatever is evil, you know, we just need to go along with whatever they say. And you know what? They don't need to get saved the same way we do either. There's this thing called ethnic, ethnic salvation. That guys like John Hagee and them believe, where they believe the Jews don't have to get saved, it's just because of their blood. No, I don't go there either. Let's just, all I'm trying to say is let's have some balance here. Let's look at both sides of this. Yes, there's, there's evil on both sides. Okay? No doubt about it. Um, but the fact remains is that 11,000 rockets launched from Gaza over an eight year period, I believe they've had every, every, given them every opportunity to stop and not do this. And, and yes, if we look at the bigger picture, is this all by design? Are, are there puppet masters above all of this pulling the strings to create this crisis? Remember the motto, order ob cow, order out of chaos. So let's look at that too. Okay, let's look at the big picture here. It's so, it's just amazing to me, all of the ministries that out, out there that I'm seeing that are totally on the side of the Islamic world. I just, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. As though, you know, the Jews have no, no side to their, none. You know, don't even listen to anything. They're believing all of the media that's coming out there that's pro, uh, pro-Palestinian. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. Uh, just, it's, it's about, I really believe it's about having biblical balance. And the Islamic religion is one of the most evil, most repressive, demonic, brutal, 
religions on the planet. Bottom line, um, you know, watch the the documentary called Obsession on the on the Islam. Or there's so many of them out there, and how they raise their kids, and all of the hate that they are indoctrinated into at the earliest ages. And it's no wonder that why you have the fruit. So, anyway. Um, this man, Mark, goes on to say, anyone who has ever studied Islam knows what the Quran says about the infidel. I mean, you have to kill the infidel. That's what the Quran says to do. Okay? Uh, so then, what way forward should we expect from Islam? Because Obama referred to this new way forward that we need to have regarding the Muslims. Um, then he goes on to say, who knows, since we now pray in the name of Esau, maybe they'll go easy on us. In other words, maybe the Muslims will go easy on us because we use the name Esau. And then he ends up by saying, homosexual ministers, council of foreign relation pastors, Rick Warren, illegal presidents, because remember, he's illegal. He's an illegal alien. He has no right to even be in this country, much less president of the United States. Just reference the, all the studies I, I did on this about Obama's citizenship. And, you know, I haven't even put out anything, uh, I've put out very little on that recently on my email list or mention it because it's a moot point. They're going to do what they want to do. Um, they're throwing these cases from Berg, Berg versus Obama and all the other cases. They're either being swept under the rug or they're throwing the cases out. They're ignoring them. They're getting no mainstream media. They're, they're acting as though this is some fringe conspiracy theory. has no merit. And it has more merit than, um, you know, than they would ever admit to. But that's what they do. You know, they control the media. So, you know, they have to, uh, they, they can do whatever they want to do, evidently. Uh, and then... Supreme Court judges who will not guard the Constitution. And then he goes on to say, this is the final countdown, which I believe is the name of his show, the final countdown. And then he says, God bless those who walk the narrow road and do not call evil good. Which is exactly what this country right now is in the absolute throes of doing. I have never seen a time ever where I have seen more people calling evil good and good evil. And Obama is going to be such a huge catalyst. And then with... Hillary Clinton by his side. I mean, Hillary, I'm sorry. With her by his side. I mean, what a match made in hell that is. The the demonic duo. I mean, we're talking, they are going to be in lockstep together with a lot of the policies that they're going to be bringing forth. And we're going to show you some of this today. And he ends up by saying, let the watchman declare what he sees. The next article is entitled, New President Cites Old Virtues. Actually, you know what? I don't know if we want to, maybe we want to read that one. Yeah, let's read this one first. Yeah. Obama reverses Bush abortion funds policy. Now, that was one of the first things he did. Okay, this is from Associated Press. Uh, out of Washington, it says, President Barack Obama on Friday struck down the Bush administration's ban on giving federal money to international groups that perform abortions or provide abortion information. An inflammatory policy that has bounced in and out of law for the past quarter of century. Obama's executive order, the latest in an aggressive first week of reversing contentious Bush policies, was warmly welcomed by liberal groups and denounced by abortion rights foes. And again, this is something calling something, you know, evil good, which is what the liberal groups want. Um, so now we're giving federal money 
to international groups that perform abortions or perform or give out abortion information. His action came one day after the 36th anniversary of the landmark Supreme Court ruling Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion. Now, I think I've said this before. I know we've had over 40 million abortions since Roe v. Wade. But if you look statistically every year, I did this, went up on the internet a couple different times, and looked at abortions worldwide. We're actually, worldwide, we're over 40 million abortions per year worldwide. Okay, or maybe slightly under that. But again, these are abortions that are reported, so we're probably well over 40 million per year. Now, if innocent blood cries out from the land, and we have uh, Cain and Abel to prove that, when, when God went to Cain and asked him, you know, the, the blood of your innocent brother cries out from the land, can you imagine, he was a grown man, can you imagine the blood, 40 million babies um, per year cries out from the land on this world? Can you imagine what kind of curse that this land is, is truly under. Uh, it's, it's, it's impossible to, to possibly fathom. It really is. I don't believe, although in the Old Testament they talk about, you know, bringing your children to Molech and these types of things, um, this was something that was done out in the open, and I don't believe it was done near to the extent where, you know, they were doing, uh, killing 40 million kids every year to Molech. This is something that's done inside the womb, in darkness, in a laboratory setting. So, you know, that, that legitimizes it, particularly, um, you know, if a doctor or whatever is performing this. And it, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible what kind of curse this world must be under. Uh, I, you know, I've done studies on this. You can just key an abortion how these abortions are viewed by the people that own these clinics. Many times they're high-level occultists. Many times they're witches. And I, I have proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is one of the main things that witches love to get involved with, whether it's a warlock or a witch, whatever you want to call it. They love to own abortion clinics or have some type of involvement in them because they view these not only as a way to make money, but they view them as sacrifices to their particular deity whom they're sacrificing to. Every baby that's killed in the womb, uh, they sacrifice to Artemis. They sacrifice to Lilith. They sacrifice to Molech. Okay? These are, you know, deities that, that are, are, you know, fallen angels, essentially. And that is exactly how they view the sacrifices as to that. And, um... Anyway, just, just as a side note, I just wanted to mention that. Going back to this article, it says, The Bush policy had banned U.S. taxpayer money, usually in the form of Agency for International Development funds, from going to international family planning groups that either offer abortions or provide information, counseling or referrals about abortion as a family planning method. Critics have long held that the rule unfairly discriminates against the world's poor by denying U.S. aid to these groups. You call this aid? What, aid in killing innocent babies? Yeah, and it, it's, it's bad because it unfairly discriminates. I mean, everybody should have an equal right to an abortion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what they're really saying here, okay? And the poor should have that same right as anyone else would that can't afford an abortion. What a, what a sickening concept. 
And I, I wrote, when I put out this article, it says, judgment is nigh. That word in the King James Bible means it's near. I really believe we're going to see God's judgment fall. For a, I mean, the handwriting's on the wall. You can look at the last four or five teachings I've done alone. Uh, apart from the other 250 plus teachings that are up on Sermon Audio at this point. And you can see that um, we're truly living in a Sodom and Gomorrah-like land. And, and God rained down fire and brimstone on them. And I'm not going to say he's going to do that here. Uh, but judgment is coming. Uh, and judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Because the church has so... Well, really, the 501c3 corporate church in America. Because they're so far in league with the government through their corporate status, they are so much of the reason that we are in the shape that we're in because they've refused to really take any kind of real stand or speak up uh, in regard to these. And I'm not saying everyone, uh, but I'm saying the majority. Okay? And um, going back to this, it says, Critics... I'll just read this again. Critics have long held the rule unfairly discriminates against the world's poor by denying U.S. aid to groups that may be involved in abortion, but also work on other aspects of reproductive health in, in uh, HIV-AIDS, leading to the closure of the free and low-cost low cost rural clinics. Now, you have to understand something. Particularly in third-world co- countries, um, abortion is just a means of population reduction, as it is here, but... In third world countries, they really want to kill them off because they really view them as useless eaters. All these people are, they view, are as um, useless eaters. So they've initiated these mass vaccination programs where they inject poisons into them. I've done all studies on vaccinations in pharmacia. You can keyword search that if you have any doubts there. Um, the roots of the modern day pharmaceutical industry, which is where we get uh, pharmacia, is where we get the word pharmacy and pharmaceuticals, and it's also the root word for sorcery in the Bible. Drugs are usually involved in any type of sorcery or witchcraft because the witch or the warlock or whoever is performing the spell, the sorcerer wants to get into an altered mind state in order to invoke demons or devils or whatever curse they're trying to perform. Getting into this altered mind state opens you up to more demonic possession. And that's why that is so, in a nutshell. Okay? So, um, these things with HIV, AIDS, again, AIDS was created, okay? It's called a retrovirus. This stuff doesn't happen just by chance in nature. Uh, it was introduced into the American, the hepatitis B, B vaccine, I believe, in 1978, in gay male populations in San Francisco, Chicago, New York. It was also in- introduced over in Africa. And... From that point on, you know, Africa has had, I mean, the amount of people that have AIDS in Africa is unbelievable. It's population reduction. Remember, the Georgia Guidestones, which is the Ten Commandments of the New World Order, which are up in um, uh, Georgia, and they've got them there. It's like, just called Georgia America's Stonehenge. And I've done, I've done, um, if you go up and key in my avian flu presentations on the internet, uh, just key in Dr. Scott Johnson, avian flu, you'll find the Google or the YouTube videos. Watch those. I show you pictures of the Georgia Guidestones. And, you know, the first commandment of the Georgia Guidestone is to reduce world population to 500 million. 500 million would be a 90 to 95% reduction in world population. Now, whether the Lord lets that happen or not, I don't know. I don't think he's going to let that happen. Not before the tribulation. I don't believe that. Uh, I think that if that were going to happen, that would have been mentioned 
in the Bible somewhere. I mean, because you could have, can you imagine, 95% population reduction, and then we have the tribulation? Okay. That may go down to 95% during the tribulation, okay? But a lot of that's going to be God's wrath as well, second half of the tribulation. So, um, remember, they're subject to what the Lord permits them to get away with. If they had their way, 1984 George Orwell would have been a real reality, Okay, we would have all been under this. Maitreya wanted to make his appearance a long, long time ago. Took out that New York Times ad back in the early 80s. Wanted to make his appearance. And what he's saying today now, where he's saying there's going to be a star in the sky for seven uh, days and seven nights, and you're going to see it, and he's going to come back and do a major radio interview. He was saying that back in the, in the early 80s. The point, the point being is that this isn't their timetable or their agenda. It's the Lord Jesus Christ's agenda and what he permits to happen. But just remember, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he is the one that's going to send the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. What is truth? The Bible says that thy word is truth. That's why I always bring it back to the King James Bible, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same in the beginning was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So, Jesus Christ was the Word. And the Bible says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. So, Jesus Christ is the incarnate Word of God. That's why I I always bring it back to the Word of God. Always. So, that's our foundation. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. So, we always want to bring it back to the Word of God. And um, this, all the events going on on this planet, none of it's taking Jesus Christ by surprise. None of it's taking Father God, Jesus Christ, the angels. It's not by surprise, okay? It's part of the end time scenario. And what I really believe we're into right now is part of the strong delusion. We're definitely into the apostasy or the falling away that 2 Thessalonians refers to of the church. And then that wicked shall be revealed. I believe we're right on the cusp of having the Antichrist be revealed, okay? Prior to the tribulation. How much prior to the tribulation? I don't really know. But it's hard to be dogmatic about that, but yes. So, going further, uh, this ban has been known as the Mexico City Policy for the city, a U.S. delegation first announced it at its U.N. Conference on Population some years ago. Both Obama and Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton Now, if you doubt the Clintons' evilness, uh, do a keyword search on YouTube for Bill Clinton, I believe it's called Rise to Power, his Rise to Power, or something like that, just Rise to Power. Remember, when you do a keyword search, you don't have to have everything perfect in the phrase. If you know two words out of what you're looking for, or four words, the internet will find it, okay? Another good way to do keyword searches, because I have a lot of people email me, and it's on stuff that they could find themselves, uh, and my time is getting so limited right now with all of the, as the downloads increase, and I praise the Lord, I'm not complaining, but uh, the emails are really overwhelming. And I have sometimes these laundry list of questions. And I'm just to a point now where, where I'm physically trying to do every th- single aspect of this ministry, and I don't have enough hours in the day. So one thing that you can do is if you're wanting to search for um, a particular subject, 
Okay, if um, if that subject is, uh, let's say, Barack Obama. Okay, and then you want to know something about Barack Obama, like let's say his um, Islamic ties or something like that, Islamic associates. You would key in Barack Obama. And then, you know, Islamic associates. Now, sometimes word phrases occur together. And one way you can make your search more accurate is by putting it in quotes. So, uh, what's a good example of that? Um, like, I'm looking here at Guantanamo Bay Prison Camp, okay? You could put in Guantanamo Bay Prison Camp, and you're going to get a keyword search for that. But if you put Guantanamo Bay prison in quotes, you're going to get a more accurately defined search. It's just a little hint of something you can do. I would recommend you not using Google. Okay, Google is seriously in league with the government. Gmail, seriously in league with the government. Okay, so is AOL. Huge. I've put out emails on that. How they're in league with the Central Intelligence Agency and these types of things. So I just, not to say they can't monitor people, but um, there's there's a lot of uh, Big Brother like things. I just like to not support Big Brother uh, whenever I can. If there's any little way I cannot support him, that's what I like to try to do, and what I recommend my listeners as well. So going further, this says both Obama and Secretary of State. Hillary Rodham Clinton, the demonic duo, uh, they will oversee foreign aid. I mean, again, they're going to oversee foreign aid. What was the first act that he took regarding this foreign aid? Well, um, they lifted this ban on giving federal money to international groups that perform abortions. That was what that, I mean, he said he was going to do this stuff. He said these were going to be priorities. Advancing the homosexual agenda. Making sure this abortion... Uh, abortions for all, okay? And he's doing what he said. Uh, he had promised to do away with the rule during this, uh, and he had promised to do this during his presidential campaign. Clinton visited the U.S. Agency for International Development earlier Friday, but made no mention of the step. Why? Because she was wanting to sneak this in. They didn't want to make a lot of fanfare so that the pro-life people could come out and protest it. They just wanted to do it under everyone's noses. They had said a long time ago that we're going to do this. Who better to have on your side to help you do this than, than Hillary Clinton? And again, if you get that tape, Bill Clinton's Rise to Power, and there's other books. Tex Mars wrote a book about her. Uh, I'll tell you what, the trail of dead bodies just in, in, that's documented in the Bill Clinton's Rise to Power just going all the way back to Arkansas, the trail of dead bodies is unbelievable. And that's just what we know about. We're talking some seriously evil, satanic people here. Okay, that's who we're dealing with. That's at the head of our, our government at this point. How long I'm able to continue this, that's up to the Lord. Uh, but if they have their way, it's not going to be much longer. So if all of a sudden I get yanked, off sermon audio, or not only me, but a lot of other people. If we all of if if all of a sudden we disappear, I had a lot of people email me about, oh, you know, you got to maintain this or this. I know you're on the red list. These types of things. Yeah, well, but just remember, the Lord is not going to let somebody die 
or let somebody, you know, be die until their course is finished. Okay? So, and again, I quoted that quote before from Stonewall Jackson. And, you know, there's a, there's a day and a time appointed for every man's death. And up until that point, when your course is finished, now granted, you could, you could voluntarily choose to mess up and live in sin and, and live like the devil, which is going to <laughs> greatly accelerate that process uh, in, in a negative way. But just understand, the Lord's in control. The Lord's in control of these things. He's perfectly capable of protecting you. They could, I, get, I guarantee you, when they go to get that red list, there's going to be a certain percentage of people they try to get, and they're going to show up at their dwelling or wherever they're at, and they're going to be confronted with angels or something of that nature where they're going to really understand the fear of God. God is just not going to let every single person that is representing him and doing his will or, or, or being a watchman or being a preacher or... or um, for, for that sake, I don't want to get, put anybody on a pedestal or, or, or say anyone's better than another. Um, widows, orphans, these types of things. But most likely, they're not going to be on the red list because the red list are the ones that are, are the ones that are really creating the most ruckus in regard to um, putting out truth, being watchmen, talking about these types of things. I think that they're go- that the government's going to have a rude awakening with a lot of these people that they try to get. Because the Lord is going to be there. The Lord will be their defense. Under the shadow of His wings will they be hidden until this calamity be overpassed. Okay, these are the, you know, these are the things that the Bible talks about, particularly in Psalms. Psalm 64, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Okay, and that's why I have a whole teaching I did on Psalm 64, in precatory prayers, a Christian's door of hope. And um, these are things we need to keep in the forefront of our, of our thinking because what does that boil down to? It boils down to having faith to believe that God can protect you. If you have no faith to believe that God can protect you in the times coming, well, you know what? You're probably going to get exactly what you're thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he. So if you have no faith to believe that God can protect you, I don't care if Satan comes himself with 400 UFOs and they have nuclear ballistic warheads pointing at your front door. That is irrelevant. If God doesn't want you to get taken, then you're not going to get taken. But you have to have the faith to believe that that is so. And nevertheless, as Jesus prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He asked if this cup could be taken from him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even Jesus Christ asked the Father that. But but he said, he ended it by saying, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And if you do have to uh, get taken um you know he can give you the grace and the strength and the courage to get through with whatever you know they may have in store for you uh but i think that if we've done prior praying and preparation spiritually to this there's a greater chance that we will not that, that the lord will spare us okay i mean it's going to be way better than if you've never done anything to done no preparation preparation spiritually for this at all you want to be prepared either way um however the way the lord ends up working it out so if we go further in a move related to lifting of the abortion rule obama is also expected to restore funding to the un population fund the un population fund probably in the next federal federal budget so he's going to be 
actively making sure that we're putting as much money as possible um, to killing as many babies as possible worldwide. Both he and Clinton have pledged to reverse a Bush administration determination that assistance to the organization violated U.S. law known as the Camp Castern Amendment. Organizations and lawmakers that had pressed Obama to rescind the Mexico City policy were jubilant. These people are, I'm sorry, but they are so satanically influenced. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California said, quote, The move will help save lives. Well, I tell you one thing, Nancy. It's not going to save the life of the baby that's aborted. It's going to kill that life. Talk about calling evil good and good evil. I mean, how does this save lives? Well, well, it, it just will. And then it says, and empower, this is from uh, Nancy Pelosi, it will help save lives and empower the poorest women and families to improve their quality of life and their future. Why? Well, because they don't have another mouth, unwanted mouth to feed. Well, that was the motivation for most abortions is, is it's an unwanted inconvenience and hey it's going to empower those women because they're not going to have that unwanted mouth to feed it's going to be more money for them of course they're bringing a gigantic curse on themselves you kill your own flesh and blood you're thinking you're not cursing yourself now i'm not saying somebody's had an abortion i'm not coming down on them you know if you've if you're a listener and that's happened and you've repented of it or whatever i'm not talking about that okay but um, abortions leave scars. It's a proven fact. Saved or unsaved, they leave scars. Okay, And um, for this demon-possessed witch to say that it will help save lives, uh, what a lie from the pit of hell that is. Empowering the poorest women? You call killing babies empowering yourself? Just think about it. <laughs> and then... Uh, Senator John Kerry, the guy that ran against Bush and uh, Skull and Bones member, fellow Skull and Bones member, chairman of the Senate of Foreign Relations Committee, that was probably his gift to, to playing along in that charade of an, of a, of an election. So he was, he was made chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. That was his little gift on the side. He said, Today's announcement is a very powerful signal to our neighbors around the world that the United States is once again back in the business of good public policy. In ideology. Back in the business? What, of killing babies? And that means that we've got good public policy and ideology? It means the exact opposite. And then he says, no longer blunts, and this no longer blunts our ability to save lives around the globe. Save lives? Again, they're equating abortions as saving lives. That's how sick and twisted and dark their minds are. There's no light in them at all, as the Bible talks about. Pure darkness. Population Action International, an advocacy group, said the policy, quote, severely impacted women's health, and that that step will help reduce the number of unintended pregnancies. In other words, the policy of banning this that Bush had instituted Severely impacted women's health. Oh, these poor women, they have to have these babies. How terrible that they can't abort their babies. That's what they're saying. Okay? And it will help reduce the number of unintended pregnancies. And so they can go and they can, you know, not have babies when they want, or possibly they can go and whore around and play the har harlot and, and, and have, you know, their abortions. 
I know, I know there's women from being in the world in the past, I know there's women that essentially abortion to some women is just another method of contraception. They go out and they have sex, it's all unprotected, they get pregnant, they go get, a, they go get an abortion. I know there's women that do this. Okay? I'm not making this up. I was in the world when, when I was, you know, and I was never with anybody like that, but I knew of women that were. Okay? So, to some, that's just their method of contraception. Some use condoms, some use IUDs, some get their tubes tied or whatever, and then there's this, well, I'll just abort the baby. And if you're a witch or involved in witchcraft, that's even better because then you can sacrifice it to your various deity. And then why do they sacrifice it to a particular deity? Well, normally in, in days of old, when they sacrificed to Moloch, it was for a financial blessing. So that they would procure some type of financial blessing on themselves. How could you do nothing but bring a curse on yourself? You talk about blood money. Whew. So anyway, uh, I get into this in depth in that in the studies I've done on abortion. Just key in abortion or part of the word in my keyword search box, and you'll find them. Uh, so they're saying now it'll prevent these women from dying from high-risk pregnancies because they don't have access to family planning. Family planning is nothing more. They should just substitute the word the death clinic. They don't have access to the death clinic. You notice now they'll say it's anti-abortion. You know, no, it's pro-life. You know, I'm anti-death is what I am. I'm anti-death, yes. But see, they, they love to, to try to flip the words and the phraseologies um, uh, to demonize the pro-life movement. Okay? Either anti-abortion. And this is anti-abortion groups and lawmakers condemned Obama's decision Coming just one day after the 36th anniversary of Roe vs. Wade decision, this presidential directive forces taxpayers to subsidize abortions overseas. This forces you, as a taxpayer in America, to subsidize abortions overseas. Something no American should be required by government to do, said House Minority Leader John Boher, Republican of Ohio. And he's, he's right. We're all in a situation now in America where you're being forced to subsidize this. Whether you like it or not, Representative Mike Pence, Republican of Indiana, called it morally wrong to take the taxpayer dollars of millions of pro-life Americans and to promote abortion around the world. That's what's happening. I mean, I'm glad we're getting some honesty here. President Obama, not long ago, told the American people that he would support policies to reduce abortions, but today he is effectively guaranteeing more abortions by funding groups that promote abortion as a method of population control. Said Douglas Johnson, Legislative Director of National Right to Life Committee. So I just wanted to, to let you in on one of the first things that they have instituted. And uh, there's going to be a lot more of this to come. Now, on a related note, I just wanted to read this. I wasn't going to read this at first, but I think that based on my research, this is definitely not too far-fetched to believe what I'm about to read to you. Um, all of the evil that has emanated from high government in America for so long. This is uh, known as the Casper Update, and this is a Washington, basically a Washington insider. 
And not to say I agree with everything the guy says, but here's what the information he's gotten this week. Some of the information. And this is from just January 24th. And he says, we don't want a honeymoon, says Obama, Clinton, and Pelosi. We don't want a honeymoon. Now these are the, these are the rabid pro-abortion, pro-homosexual Democrats that we have. Now again, it's Democrat versus Republican. That's created by the Illuminati. Hey, let's have one side against another. Synthesis, you know, theses, you know, antithesis, the Hegelian dialectic. We want to have, you know, order out of chaos. I understand that's by, by design, but the, the, the fact remains is that these people on their, regarding their voting records are rabidly for the, um, abortion groups and rabidly for, you know, Planned Parenthood and the homosexual agenda. So they're saying they don't want a honeymoon. Obama, Clinton and Pelosi. Obama, being quoted on MSNBC, said, quote, Don't worry about Rush Limbaugh and others. He won't be on the air much longer. We are not going to tolerate attacks on me or the government. End of quote. Now, again, he doesn't cite where in NBC that was said. But I have no problem seeing him saying this. Okay. The, and Rush Limbaugh, I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, yeah, Rush Limbaugh is... is supposedly conservative or whatever. But what we talk about on this program alone is so much further than anything Rush Limbaugh will ever get involved with or ever touch. Not to say that means that makes me better. I'm just saying that if they're going to take Rush Limbaugh, if they're going to go after him, they're going to have to go after so many other um, talk shows and ministries and things of this nature. And then going further, it says, Hillary, upon arrival at the State Department, said, quote, we're not going to put up with, um, and then she, and then it says, fill in the blank. She mentioned several things. There's a lot of things that they're not going to put up with anymore. Okay, remember, the gloves are going to come off very soon, and they are coming off. I mean, um, I really believe we're going into the most brutal time America's ever, ever known. And there's going to be a series of cataclysmic events probably coupled with supernatural lying signs and wonders that are going to bring us to that point. UFO disclosure. I just saw this thing this week that Obama is, you know how they're, they're doing over in Europe right now? Obama, and I'm going to put this out in my newsletter this week, and if you want to get on the newsletter, just email me and just say if you want to be on the Christian or the health newsletter or both. I would recommend you do both because there's life-saving, potentially life-saving things in both. Um, uh, just email me and subscribe to either Christian or Health Newsletter. That's all you got to do. But and my new and my email address is on my homepage. Uh, but I'm going to put this out this week where I follow these groups that that are into like let's say UFO disclosure because I want to keep an eye on what their what information they're getting and the information and the news reports that they're putting out right now. This one particular group called ExoPolitics and these are these are news. These aren't, the news itself isn't generated from them. It's generated from independent news sources like um, Associated Press or these types of things. Both, they're saying that both Hillary Clinton and Obama are going to release all these suppressed UFO, or at least to a certain extent, a lot of the suppressed UFO information in America very, very soon. Why would they care about doing that unless they were, they were wanting to prepare us for what is coming? There's an agenda... With the UFO um, movement, the alien thing, there's an agenda. And if you doubt that, just key in either UFO or alien or Nephilim. 
in the search box on my homepage, and you will have your boat more than loaded, because I've done several teachings on this. So anyway, that's going to be coming out as well, and that's going to be part of the end-time delusion that the Bible clearly predicted is going to happen. Going further, it says, Pelosi on national television, after a White House meeting, said, quote, we won, we wrote the bill, the stimulus, and we have the votes, we do what we want, end of quote. Now, remember, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and if you have, particularly if you have a majority, now I understand, they're, they're, these people, I truly believe, no matter what, are puppets on strings, and they're doing what their handlers are telling them to do. But, the people that are in high office, if we look at their voting record in their agendas, Obama, Pelosi, Clinton, that's about the scariest trio I've seen come along ever. Okay, as far now I understand Bush and Cheney were really bad too. But at least they put on the facade of having some type of conservative values with abortion and homosexuality. These people have none of that. Okay? So we're going to uh, the next satanic agenda, and it's a much more aggressive satanic agenda. I believe that's the time we're moving into. Then we have Obama says, to the Republicans at the White House meeting, when asked why he would not entertain Republican proposals for tax rebates to those who paid taxes instead of payments to those who paid no taxes or who are on welfare, he said, because I won. Um, evidently, just because he won is, is why he wouldn't entertain these things. And then it says, Obama nationally televised remarks Thursdays that said, quote, no lobbyist in our administration... There's no lobbyist in our administration. But, Friday, the biggest lobbyist in the defense industry was appointed Assistant Secretary of Defense in charge of procurement. So, in other words, he's a liar. Okay. Uh, then, Obama, to reporters in the press room, he said, quote, if I'm going to get grilled every time I come down here, then I just won't come at all. I won't come anymore. End of quote. So, he's already starting to act way above the law as it is, okay? I mean, you talk about a big head, everybody thinks this guy's, in America, they think he's just about God or something. Oh, he's, he's, he's no, he, he's a worm. He's a satanically possessed madman, is really all I would call him. And, uh, same with Hillary. And uh, the Lord's perfectly capable of humbling him. Now, whether he's going to use him to bring judgment on America, seems like a very plausible thing. Um, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And America is so saturated in the blood of, of innocent babies and then the sodomite movement and these types of things that, uh, you know, I can't blame God for not judging America. And I think that's what the Bible refers to where it says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And it also says, Wherefore come out from among them, my people, and be not partakers of her plagues, whore of Babylon and Revelation. Uh, these are just things that we want to think about. We want to have as little to do with the world system as we can, lest we be partakers of her plagues. Uh, going further... He says, on Thursday, Obama canceled several Bush executive orders, including the one precluding abortions, paid for by the government, and no parental consent or notification, and for good measure, including $300 million in a stimulus package for free condoms, which is called the liberal version of No Child Left Behind. <laughs> How sickening. And then he says, also, 
the don't ask, don't tell military policy introduced by Clinton is canceled and replaced with do ask and do tell by Obama. See, things are going to get a lot more aggressive, rapidly pro-abortion and pro-homosexual. Aggressive. And why, why would that be such a, which, such a priority for this devil or Clinton? Why would it be? Because those are the two chief ways you can defile a nation to the maximum. Child sacrifice and, and, um, and promoting the homosexual sodomite movement. Those are two of the largest abominations in God's eyes that there are. If you look at the Bible, okay, and you look at Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 11, and Jeremiah 14, where it says, I do not pray for this people anymore. They get to a point where God says, don't even bother praying for them. I won't hear your prayer. What was the common denominator there? Child sacrifice. They were sacrificing their children. Okay, and that's what he's gonna rapidly not only here but abroad. So, you know, the blood on his hands already is 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 unbelievable. And then the homosexual movement, another main thing that always will bring on the Lord's judgment, and we've got that now uh, being advanced in a very aggressive way. So, uh, that's what we have going on here. And then it says, "Welcome to bipartisanship, according to the left wing extremists now controlled." Washington, D.C. This is just the beginning of the, quote, remaking of America. Remember, change that you can believe in. That's his motto, right? But what kind of change is it? It's going to be satanic. Uh, Evidently, Michelle Obama referred to this remaking of America. And then it says, goodbye First Amendment. No dissenting voices will be allowed. And what follows the first, if not the second? Second Amendment being the gun rights keep and bear arms, these types of things, which is, there's been a lot of speculation he's going to. Now, again, remember, the only way that a lot of these agendas that we're in reference to that they're going to pursue, the only way some of them are going to be, like the Second Amendment, is going to be through some type of martial law declaration. And from what the statistics I've seen on martial law, they typically, if you're on the red or blue list, they typically come to get you before martial law is instituted. Okay, red list two weeks, I've seen up, up to two weeks. Now, again, how that exactly plays out, it's very, very hard to be dogmatic about that, but um, that's why it's good to be prayed up, because you just never know. You never know when your life may be required from you, and we're not supposed to walk around in abject fear, because the fear of man, which is what we're talking about today, the fear of man, according to the Bible, bringeth a snare. If you're walking around in fear of man all the time, that's not fear of God. That, we need to fear God. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. And Jesus Christ himself said, Fear not man that can kill the body, but fear, fear God that can cast both body and soul into hell. That's a really strong, heavy-duty statement. But it's just proof that we need to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ and not on the situations. Okay? And as a born-again Christian... You know, if we're sealed by the Holy Spirit and, and, and we're justified through His blood and we're sanctified through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, the Bible talks about, you know, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming on the world. That's what Jesus Christ said. This is something we should be doing. You pray Psalm 64, some of these imprecatory prayers. Because these types of things have not been taught. Imprecatory prayers, judgment on the wicked... As the title of that 
teaching that I did, Imprecatory Prayer is a Christian's Door of Hope. When you, when you look at a study on that, you're going to understand, you know, God's judgment on sin is a Christian's door of hope. The Bible says in Psalm 64, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All men shall, shall see in fear and declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. But when God lets people get away with stuff, they don't consider of God's doing. And they just go on and they become worse and worse and worse in their sin. So God's judgment is always a positive thing, particularly for Bible-believing Christians. Always. So it's just something that's never taught in mainstream you know, Christian circles in America, or rarely taught, I should say. Uh, if we go further, let's see here. And now after we've said all that, I, I wanted to kind of top it off with this one. New President cites old virtues, deep traditions. This is Associated Press again. It says, as he became president, shattering a precedent shattering, as he became a precedent shattering president Tuesday, sorry, it was a tongue twister, Barack Obama wrapped himself in America's deepest traditions, invoking God, the Bible, the founding fathers, cherished documents, and old fashioned virtues. Can you believe this garbage after what I just read? And it's it's kind of funny. It's the same two Associated Press writer, writers, Charles Babington and Liz Sidoti. Same one that just re- that we just read on the abortion thing. The nation's challenges may have been frightening, Obama said, but the values that will conquer them are old. And Americans must return to these truths. I think the old that he's referring to is as the old religion of witchcraft, which is how a lot of the witches will refer to it, is the old religion. Okay? They're saying, oh, uh, witchcraft predates Christianity. Well, from Jesus, yeah, it predates modern-day Bible-believing Christianity. You can go back to the Tower of Babel. You can go back to when the fallen angels came down and saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wiser they chose and they taught them enchantments and root cuttings and witchcraft. Now I understand that's what the book of Enoch said, but it had to come from somewhere. Obama kept his demeanor cool and calm during his midday inaugural address, not trying to push the millions of viewers to new levels of fervor. There were no I-have-a-dream crescendos, although he acknowledged the bitter swill of the Civil War and segregation. He did not try the invented, inverted syntax of ask not what you can do for your country, but what you ask not what your country can do for you. But he did echo John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln when he urged Americans to choose our better history. Oh, He's really establishing that off the bat. I guess his version of the better history is to choose death, the um, the rabidly pro-abortion and pro-sodomite. That was his voting record. That's what it's been. That's what his version of choosing a better history is. All he's doing is telling us we need to bring a curse on ourselves. We need we need to curse America more than it's already been cursed through by promoting these agendas. And then by advancing that noble idea passed from one generation to generation, the God-given promise that all are equal. Yeah, tell that to the unborn babies that were slaughtered in the womb. Yeah, tell, tell that to them. Tell that to all the millions that will be slaughtered in the womb over, over his administration. Yeah, they were, they were all equal, right? They had the equal opportunity of death. 
and he- not hell, but they had the equal opportunity of death. Those poor innocent babies. And then he says, all are free. No, they're not. How are the babies free? They're, they're, they're slaughtered before they ever even come out of the womb. And then, and then all deserve a chance to pursue their full measure of happiness. Not those aborted babies. They can't pursue anything. They're dead. I just, I'm trying to show you the utter hypocrisy of this devil. Okay? It reminds me of Islam. So, so hypocritical. Oh, we're religion of peace. But kill the infidel. Slaughter them. Do whatever you have to do. Lie, steal, cheat. He, he, well, he is, he has heavy duty Islamic roots. So this is, this has been bred into him, I believe. Uh, he has no problem. He's, you know, just pure evil. He, then he goes on to say, he even added a whisper of Shakespeare when he said, quote, this is the winter of our hardship. Oh, we've seen no hardship in America compared to what's coming. Obama paraphrased the Bible early in his speech. And then he said, it is time to set aside childish, childish things. Yes, childish things like pro-life and being against the uh, homosexual sodomite. I'm just using those as the two main. I know there's a lot of other things you could get into. But to set aside childish things? Who is he to tell me to set aside childish things? And then he asked for God's grace upon us. Oh yeah, like, like America deserves God's grace. America collectively, I'm talking collectively, deserves death and hell. It's what we've tolerated. We've tolerated death and hell in America in so many different ways. The church has pretty much stood silent because they're so far in league with the same government that imposes these things through their 501c3 corporate status. They're not going to say anything. They might lose their tax exemption. People can't write it off on their taxes anymore. They might lose those subsidies from the government. They're in too deep. It's like being in the mafia. Done several teachings on the 501c3 church. Just key in the number 501 in my keyword search box and we'll tell you all about that. And then look at the PDFs for each teaching. I generally try to include a PDF or a link somewhere within that teaching where you can click on and get the documentation of what we're talking about. Goes on to say, in between, he described a nation founded on rock-solid principles that somehow had lost its way. I just don't know how we've lost our way. Somehow, I don't know, just some fluky thing. Yeah. Our challenges may be new, Obama told the throngs before him, and millions watching worldwide on TV, but those values upon which our success depends, hard work and honesty, courage and fair play, yeah, you need to be courageous enough to abort your baby. And hardworking and honest enough to abort your baby and to support the pro-sodomite. Because those are two of them, his main objectives. So I like to relate, to relate that to his speech, to kind of give, you know... But people, see, people are so blind. I have never seen a time that I have ever existed where people are so utterly blind and apathetic and calling evil good and good evil. I mean, it's almost like I wonder if the Lord has reached that point in Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 14, 1 John 5, where it talks about, if you see a brother sin a sin unto death, I say you shall not pray for it. The sin unto death. It's a whole other study. I've, I've mentioned it before. 
But where God gets to a point in Jeremiah 7, 11, and 14 where he says, do not even pray for this people. I will not hear your prayer anymore. I wonder if we've got there in America. I'm not saying we've got there individually with every person, but collectively. Which is what God was referring to in those three parts of Jeremiah. It was a collective thing. I, I wonder if we've crossed that line. Or how close we would be to crossing that line. In the Lord's eyes. How could you blame him? I am amazed every day that I get up and have another day where I can actually go about my own business and not have to live under God's judgment over collectively over this nation. I, it's, it's amazing to me how patient that he really is. Um, and it's most likely being done for, the, for those that are, are, will, will be saved. You know, uh, The Bible talks about the blindness in part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. This fullness of the Gentile, I believe, we're, we're getting to a point where um, that's probably being close to being fulfilled. So, and not to say that no Gentiles will get saved in the future. I'm just saying that um, the Bible does talk about that. Interesting. So, if we go further, he says that these, these virtues of our success depends upon hard work, honesty, courage, and fair play. I mean, again, what, what hypocrisy. Everything that he is not. He's saying that's what our... But it sounds good. It sounds good on TV. You know, tickle their ears. And then also, it also hinges on tolerance. See, the thing is, is the, the crazy thing about it is, is they're not going to tolerate biblical truth anymore. The Bible be, will be referred to as hate speech. And anybody preaching the full counsel of God, particularly out of a King James Bible, will be worthy or um, uh, under the hate speech, they'll be... Uh, Hate speech crimes, okay? And again, just key in the word hate in my keyword search box, and you'll find all the ones where I've talked about hate speech and the Bible becoming that. But the word tolerance there is going to be one of theirs. See, it's okay for them not to tolerate us in our views because we're intolerant. We believe there's only one way as a Bible-believing Christian, whereas the rest of the world believes there's many ways. And particularly when the Antichrist comes on the scene and the false prophet, they're going to really believe there's many ways. So, fair play, tolerance, curiosity, loyalty, and patriotism. Yeah, loyalty, that's going to be loyalty to your government, not to God. It's going to be ratting out anyone, that, or, and the patriotism is going to you know, encompass that too. Ratting out anyone that has any type of views contradictory to the government. Might as well make your stand now. Because if you don't, you know, yeah, you might have another year or so, whatever. But if you make any kind of stand, you know, I would rather come under the Lord's protection than have to worry about, you know, me shutting my mouth and and hoping they don't find me or whatever. Uh, You know, the Lord's very, very capable of protecting you. And um, you have to have faith to believe that. And then he goes on to say, these things are of old, they must be embraced again. And then he goes on to say, to the Muslim world, he said, we seek a new way forward, based on mutual interest and mutual respect. When you're dealing with Muslims, it's like you're dealing with animals. You're dealing with demon-possessed animals. I'm talking about the fundamental Muslims that are fundamental to the faith of the Quran. You can have moderate and whatever. I'm talking about the ones that are fundamental. To their faith. Okay. You can't... These people are... are they can't be reasoned with. They're demon-possessed. 
Not to say there's not other people in other religions that aren't demon-possessed, but you cannot reason with them. They, they're they going to go by the Quran. Now, what's going to happen is, is when the Antichrist makes his appearance, uh, what's going to happen is, we all have to get on the same page to have a one-world religion, right? Okay, we all have to get on the same page. Using this devil Betraya guy as an example, this Lord Betraya guy, UN United Nations sponsored, he has his own website, Share International, done all kinds of teachings on Betraya. Using him as, a, as an example, he comes back, he calls himself the fifth Buddha, Imam Mahdi, which is the savior that the Muslims are waiting for, calls himself Jesus Christ, which is what the Christians are waiting for, right? Calls himself the Messiah, who the Jews are waiting for, calls himself the fifth Buddha, the uh, Buddhists are waiting for, and Krishna, who the Hindus are waiting for. He says all of that in one. He's going to come with all lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles, and deceive those, and if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, Matthew 24, 24. Okay? So he's going to come back, and I'm using his as an example, if he is the one, and if he's not, it's going to still happen in a very similar way. But he is going to have a way of getting everybody on the same page. And the Muslims at that point aren't going to be opposed and against the Christians anymore. Now understand that. They're going to be, we're all going to, the world is going to be on the same page. But at that point, they'll all be united against the remnant that will not believe this. Because every other religion is going to fall for it. Because they are all false counterfeits anyway. The, The origins of these false religions are all demonic. So you're telling me they're, they're going to hold out, and they're, maybe there are some that will hold out. I don't know. But they're just going to hold out so they can ultimately end up going to hell. But the vast majority of people are going to accept this one world system and this one world government and this one world religious system. And you're not going to have the Muslims anymore. Most likely, the, I mean, can you imagine? The Muslims and the Jews, we're really going to have this false peace for a while. The Bible talks about in Daniel where he's going to confirm the covenant for, for a week, seven years. And most likely that is going to be at the end of World War III that takes place between Israel, possibly America, and the Middle East countries or other countries, possibly Russia and these types of things. Antichrist is going to come to the forefront and say, listen, I got, the, I got the answer to this. Now I'm painting a plausible scenario. I've painted this scenario many other times. And again, I'm not going to say, oh, this is carved in stone. It's exactly going to happen this way, but it's most likely going to happen in some type of similar way. And he's going to come to the forefront and uh, he's going to be the man of peace. All line signs and wonders. He is going to be able to prove to these respective religions that he says who he is. He's going to most likely, if he comes as Maitreya, call himself an ascended master. Going to let us know that all these things about all the religions that we knew, they've all been, they were all created for our benefit to kind of keep us in check. And that actually these ascended masters and the people, a lot of these things that spawn from this whole UFO alien movement, they were our creators millions of years ago, known as the ancient astronaut theory. And they, they seeded this world with life millions and millions of years ago, possibly billions. And it did evolve to a certain extent, which will help them with this Charles Darwin thing, possibly. And um, that... We've evolved into what we are today, but they were our creators, and we've messed things up so bad, they've got to come, finally come back as our creators and straighten things out. And that, you know, all the things that we've known about all the religions, we, you know, we, we've kind of misinterpreted things. 
and the Bible in particular. That's the one they always seem to love to emphasize attacking. It's just funny, you know, I, I see all these things and it's, you know, they don't ever attack the Buddhists or the, or the Hindus or the Confucianism or, they don't attack that. They attack Bible-believing Christianity. Isn't that kind of funny? Isn't that a coincidence that they would be so concerned about that one thing, about who Jesus really is? Now we've got this movement within pseudo-Christianity to attack Paul. Paul the usurper. Oh, anything Paul wrote, it's, uh, it doesn't apply. All that applies are the red letters of Jesus Christ in the Bible. And these, t- you know, you start, you start going down that road, you might as well just throw out the whole Bible. Huge, but there's a huge movement within pseudo-Christianity to do this. And it's kind of funny, the people that push this Paul the usurper thing, some of them are, are, are flat out, total, rabid, new age, uh, Jesus Christ, Bible-hating people. There's this one guy up on the internet um, known as Patrick Bellringer, and he he refers to God as Jehovah God Satan. That's exactly what he refers to him as. And he's one of the main guys up there influencing people. And he's saying, hey, these ascended masters, they're coming back. They're coming back, and they're coming back soon. And in fact, they're expecting a rapture of their own. They're expecting it. They're, they're calling it the world evacuation, and they've been talking about it for years. And only these the, the New Agers, the ones that have been whatever ready, are going to actually be evacuated off this planet. And they're expecting it any second. I'm telling you right now. Now, I'm not saying that's going to go down. It's up to the Lord. But what if it did? <laughs> How is that going to shake your faith if, you're, if you, um, you've put all your hope in pre-trib? I'm not going to get into that debate today. Okay, But I'm just saying, Satan loves to counterfeit stuff. So just something to have on the back of your head regarding the times that we're going into. They're, they're totally expecting it. And they're saying that their, their creator is this thing named Hanton, who is the main, main ascended master, who they refer to. Maitreya is one of the ascended masters. How it all plays out, it's hard to say. I've done studies on all these things respectively. You can do a keyword search for ascended masters um, and how this plays into the end time delusion and scenario. But it does. One thing about it all is it totally lines up with the word of God. I'm going to stop there and we're going to go to part two next.